0: Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. And as you're seated, if you would take out your Bible or the Pew Bible in front of you or open up your Bible app, but we're going to look in Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6 looking at verses 25 through 34 this morning. So if you would join with me there and hear with me the reading of the word. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, about what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet the Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And if any one of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life, and why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, neither toil nor spin. yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, thrown into the oven, will he not that much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, What will we drink, or what will we eat, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive all these things. And indeed, your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. My friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O gracious Lord, During this hour, may we be still. During this hour, may our hearts be calm. During this hour, may our worries subside. During this hour, may we be at peace. During this hour, may we hear your voice so that when we leave this hour, we will do what you command, be who you would have us be, not hearers of your words, but doers of your words. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. A few years ago, a man by the name of Jim sat in my office, and you could just feel the stress, the worry, the anxiety. You could just feel it exuding from him as he plopped on the couch in my office. And I said, what's going on? And with that, the torrent of these words erupted. I don't know what to do. I don't sleep, I work all the time, and I never seem to get anything done. I'm not saving enough for retirement or for my kids' education. I, I don't know when the last time I did something just for me was. I'm afraid of letting everyone down, my wife, my kids, my coworkers, my bosses, my friends and neighbors. I don't know what to do. And the whole time that torrent was pouring out, his leg was just bouncing. He just couldn't sit still. I suspect he's not the only one that's felt like this. I mean, all you have to do is just open the paper and read a little bit and what we see in all the medical journals and everything else is that stress and anxiety are on the rise in our world at this very present moment maybe you have been like Jim maybe you have been wanting to sort of just to pour it all out or maybe you have poured it all out maybe you're sitting there right now just shaking spinning in your mind stressed at the same time incapacitated stuck because you can't move forward because of all the anxiety and worry Maybe you're burned out. Maybe you're worried that you won't, you'll get lost if you try to do something new or different. Or maybe you're getting ready to take a major test, whether it's a standardized test or a final exam or something like that, and you're afraid that if you fail this test, that your life will be in shambles. Or you're going to go into a new situation and you don't know what to say or do, or even if the people in that crowd will like you. That describes you. If you take sort of that sober look at yourself, maybe you might look at your life and use sort of a modern slang term and say, man, I am just a basket case. Then have I got a bumper sticker for you? The bumper sticker today, the thing that might sort of of keep you thinking about it is just for you. It's the one that I saw the other day. Don't give up. Moses was a basket case once too. Sure, it's a little tongue in cheek. It's a little tongue in cheek, but maybe what it is is that we got to remember that that just like God had a specific purpose for Moses, God has got a specific purpose for each and every one of us. Don't give up. That's the message to take away. Don't give up. I mean, mental health is something that we've been talking a lot about lately uh, in the world around us, and that is a good thing. It's finally over the last couple of years that mental health has risen from the shadows, that the churches and society were shining light on that so that people realize that our mental health is important. It's no longer being de it's no longer being stigmatized, it's being destigmatized. Our mental well-being is an important part of our life of who we are, but even our practice of faith is dependent upon our mental health, how we dial in to who God wants us to be. You know, one of the things I love is I read through the Bible over and over again and I think about Jesus and Jesus' ministry and Jesus' love for me and for all the world. What I love about Jesus is that Jesus gets us. I mean, if, if you went through the Bible and I ask you, what is your favorite Jesus story? There's a high probability that Jesus is... Your favorite story is one in which Jesus is talking to someone maybe like you. Or your friend or your brother or your cousin or your sister. But Jesus is talking to someone like you and looks him in the eye and says, I get you. I know you. I know what you're going through. And at that moment, we don't have to doubt that at all. Because the beauty of Jesus... The beauty of our theology is that Jesus was both at the same time fully divine and fully human. There is not an emotion that we feel, there's not a, a worry that we feel that Jesus doesn't understand. So you look at his ministry. Ministry of people where he shows love, he cared about the people just as they were, he cared about their physical needs. He cared about their spiritual lives. He cared about their relationships with each other. But Jesus also cared about our well-being, our mental health. The words in today's passage reading, its Jesus, it's early in his ministry, and he's kind of putting it out there for all of us to see that the things in life that we worry and we fret about, they don't matter as much period. They matter, not really at all. That we should park all those worries. What Jesus is essentially saying in this text is, don't give up. He says, do not worry, but he also gives us some tools by which we can park our worries over to the side and leave them in the corner and just let them sit there and rot away. He gives us tools to change our own story so that we live life abundantly as we were created to do. And those tools include things like that God wants the best for us. The second is for us to care about ourselves, not in a selfish way, but in a healthy way, to care about ourselves. And third, to change the way we think about life around us, to open our minds to sort of a higher deeper level of thinking. Essentially, he's telling us, don't give up. In verse 28, he writes, see how the flowers grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his glory was dressed like one of these. If That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and will be burned tomorrow. Will he not clothe you that much more? Now, this verse challenges us to think about God's hopes and dreams for our lives, about what God hopes and wants for you and for me. I think about that, and I think about just this image of, of creation, and the think about what we saw this week in the telescope, the pictures from the Webb telescope from outer space, from the deepest reaches of space, and the magnificent awe of it all. And I look at that and I think about the created order. And if God has created all of that and all the interests of the world, as we've talked about it several times in worship, then there's just us. I'm thinking about the vastness of the universe and then I think about me right here and the vastness of all of that. And if God created all of that and God created me, God's got something in store, Right? God's provided all of this glory for us to see, all this magnificence for us to experience. So I have all of that, and I have this passage that we just read, and what comes to mind to me is Jeremiah 29, 11. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for your welfare, not harm, to give you a future with hope. The universe is so vast and I am so small, but thanks be to God that God is in charge of it all and that God has a plan for me, but God has also got a plan for each and every one of you. So in the vastness of the universe, there's a plan that God has in store for you, uniquely for you. And so, as much as we want to know what it is and what those plans are, maybe the best thing for us to do instead of worrying about it and worry about it is just to stop and listen. To stop and listen to God. To take a deep breath and be still. to stop obsessing about our future, about what's going on around us, and to be still and listen to what God wants for us and for us to do. And in that stillness, to trust where God leads us, even if it seems like a place we don't want to go. Because surely God knows the plans, not for harm, but for a future with hope. Don't give up, but lean in on our faith, is what Christ says. But part of not giving up is also really about taking better care of ourselves. I mean, too often when we find ourselves stressed out, anxious and worried, we develop bad habits Uh, usually to cope with or to outright avoid whatever it is that's vexing us, right? I mean, sometimes those are things like drugs and alcohol. For some people, that's what they are. But those aren't the only bad habits we develop. Let me be really clear. For some of us, it's binge eating. You know what I'm talking about. How many of you, when you get stressed, you can go through a big bag of chips in 30 seconds or less? You find yourself doing the chips and salsa, you run out of chips and you look at the salsa and you go, well, the salsa will do. Because guess what? You're that stressed. That's how you're avoiding it. Or maybe ice cream is your thing, I don't know. But it's not just binge eating, there's binge watching. It's not like binge reading a book where the pages are so exciting, you just can't help but keep turning them because you don't want the story to end but you wanna know what happens next. No, I'm talking about the destructive binge watching where you just stay up all night. All night whether you're watching something on Netflix or just whatever's on network TV, because you're trying to numb your mind to the chattering monkeys that are going on in the background, then there's not sleeping or exercising. See, these are the bad habits that we develop when we're stressed and we're worried, and this is exactly the kind of cycle that we need to break. See, to combat this stress, we need to take better care of ourselves things like sleep and exercise and our diet let's talk about sleep for example sometimes you know i mean we think about our bodies we were not made to run 24 7. i don't care what you think i don't care about all the all-nighters that we pulled in college or whatever you did that you can only do that so long before you crash and burn trust me i've been there and done that in, in the world of economics, there is an economic principle called marginal, or it's called diminishing returns to scale. And what happens in diminishing returns to scale is you keep adding things and pretty soon, after a while, the return on that investment continues, but not with the same level. It also happens in our personal lives. Now, we got in this conversation at the 9 o'clock service. I used ice cream as an example, and of course I messed up because Meg is an ice cream aficionado. She can eat ice cream 24/7, and it doesn't bother her at all. So we're not going to use ice cream. But let's pick on something like pizza. How many of you like pizza? Raise your hand if you like it. How many of you eat pizza daily? Exactly. I didn't raise my hand. I know. I got smart. See, I did some ice cream. Man goes, yeah, I did. But anyway, so let's talk about pizza. So you like pizza? Most of you raised your hand. What if you had a steady diet of pizza? every day for the next three weeks. How many of you want pizza on day three weeks plus one? How many of you want it then? Probably won't touch a pizza for at least a month and a half. Diminishing returns to scale. Same thing happens with our bodies. The more we stay up, the more we try to work harder, eventually our productivity suffers as well. Science says our body needs to reset. That's the whole point of sleep. So one of the best ways that we can take care of ourselves is to get some rest, to not try to work 24-7. But the same thing happens with exercise. If we're not exercising, we should take it up, whether it's walking or running or biking, something that gets our heart rate up, and it takes our minds off what we're stressed out about. And then there is diet. Diet. Whether we want ice cream every day or not, or pizza every day or not, we need a balanced diet. All the nutrients that help our body succeed. See, when we do that, it resets our mind, it resets our bodies, it puts us back on a kilter that God wanted for us, part of that divine plan, if you will. Verse 26 that we read today said, look at the birds of the air. Jesus wanted the disciples and everyone that was listening to that sermon to look at the birds of the air, to look at what they did. But what he was really also saying this is take time to look at the birds of the air, or the bunnies in your backyard, or the squirrels, or the deer, or whatever wanders through your yard, or just be amazed at God's creation. See, we've lost this idea of just stopping and being awed by God. But we think about this all the way, all the way back to the beginning of time, when things were created. What happened on the seventh day? God rested. It said, on the seventh day, God rested and said it was good. We've lost this idea of Sabbath because of the shops are always open. We've always got chores, so there's always a sports event to go to or watch. But Sabbath is about resting and about listening to God. And it's a holy rest, and I'm not talking about St. Mattress of the Springs or anything like that. I'm talking about just letting our bodies just chill and our minds listening to what God has in store for us. Sabbath rest is about being awed by God, about meditating on God's word, about reading something in the Bible, and then just marinating on it, thinking about it, to listen to what God wants to say to you today. Sabbath is about coming to worship, singing our hearts out, praying earnestly, giving thanks for all the blessings in life, and listening. Listening to God. See, when we take better care of ourselves, then we're able to fully live into the plans that God has in store for us, and we're able to understand what they are. Don't give up, Jesus says. But as he talks about this idea of not giving up, the final thing that we need to think about, not just realizing there are bigger plans, not realizing we need need to take better care of ourselves, but we need to change the way we think. So much of our stress, so much of our worry is about the way we approach life, the way we think. So often we fear the worst. Think about it, you're going to go into a new situation. How many times do you go into this new situation and you go, I wonder if they'll like me? Are you getting ready to do a presentation to a a, a new client, a new group of people? Oh, I don't want to mess this up. What if something goes wrong? We start going down the what-if game of what if I mess it up? What if they laugh at me? What if I what if I don't know how to act? What if I don't know what to do? We think the worst. And pretty soon we are rowing down the river to the Niagara Falls of fear and stress and anxiety. But by simply changing the way we think, it changes our disposition. Now what I mean by that, I mean something like this. Like the first time that thought that pops in your head, like what if, and it's not a positive thought, what if we catch that thought and go, wait a minute, I'm going down that road. And then we begin to check it and see if it's a justified fear. So say you've got a big presentation this week. What if my clicker, doesn't work on my PowerPoint presentation. Has it ever not worked? If it has never not worked and you've always got backup batteries, it's probably not a justified thought. Now, if it's always failed you, we'll come to that one in a minute. It's a justified thought. But when you do that, start to challenge it. Once you begin to check it, then challenge it. Is there something I can do about this? If there is, then do it. If there's not, if it's out of your control, then there's not anything you can do about it. Why are you worried about something out of your control? And the final point is to change it. So if there's something you can do about it, if there's something that's in your control, then change the narrative, change the story, take control of the situation, devise solutions so that you don't go down that negative road that you're tempted to go down. Simply by changing the way we think, by checking it, by catching it, checking it, challenging it, and changing it, we change our outcome, we change our mental state, we change the thought process, and so it helps us focus on the here and now, what matters most, and not on all the what-ifs that may or may not come true, and it lowers our stress. But if you've tried all of these things and you're still stuck or you're like Jim who was in my office and you just, you're so, all of a sudden you're like a soda can that's got to explode. Before you do that, if you've tried all these things, go talk to someone. Go see someone who is trained, a mental health professional, because that's what God's plans for them were, were to be someone that can help the rest of us sort out the stress, the anxiety, the worry in our lives. They're there to help us see the bigger picture, to see the bigger plans, and that they don't include being stressed or anxious or worried. Just don't give up. So friends, I figure that all of us at some point in time, we all experience some level of stress, anxiety, or worry. Some level of that, that's part of the human condition, that's part of just a little bit of the way we're wired. Maybe you're that person today. Maybe you are feeling that. Or maybe you know someone who is. There's nothing else I want you to take away from this. I want you to take this. Know that God has bigger plans for you than you can imagine. Know that God has big plans for us all. And so our idea, in order to realize them, is to lower our stress, to lower our worry. And we do that because we know that God gets us by taking care of ourselves, by changing the way we think. But what's most important is don't give up, because you're not a basket case. You're a beloved child of God, a God who has big plans for you and for me and for all the children of the world. Let us live into those plans. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast for Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you will consider joining us for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 or 11 a.m. Blessings.